Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of Cast Dice. Now, I do say many times on this podcast that it is a special episode, but this is a very special episode because 2020 has been a bit of a hell of a year. And it, it when you get to the end of a year like this, and I'm sure we can all agree, um, it's sometimes good to, to take stock and think back and... Uh, it is always good to uh, spend time with friends and family during the holidays. And given that friends and family may be out of reach this year, uh, for many of us, I thought that we would take a hot minute here at uh, Yield Cast Dice to combine forces with another podcast on the network, the Beyond the First Marker podcast, um, and to get together with family. Um, now, he is not my brother by blood, but he is my brother from another mother, so to speak. Um, we have DJed back-to-back many, many times in many venues across the great city of Melbourne. Uh, I am the godfather to his daughter. So the closest thing that I get to family in this town is my guest tonight, and that would be the one and only... Drew Baca, a.k.a. Drew. Welcome back to Cast Eyes, brother. Thanks, Brad. How you doing? Good, man. And there's the other tenuous connection of, should we mention the holiday special, the Star Wars holiday special way back when, Life Day, all this? Or can we, you know, Star Wars fans? A, I was going to make a joke about this hopefully being a holiday special that we, that we don't want to uh, ignore from the canon. Exactly right. Hey, Boba Fett's in it, so I, th- I think there's going to be some. Uh, <laughs> and some... That's, this is Boba Fett's first appearance. That's right. Oh that's... man! But thanks for the introdu- introduction. I don't. Uh, I don't usually get one of those because we're uh, we're regular hosts together on Beyond the First Market. So, uh, yeah, very different show tonight. Uh, I'm on your show as opposed to our show. Well, I think I think we're just going to hold hands and have a show. I think that's how it goes. Um, but, uh, guys, this isn't going to be the usual Beyond the First Marker. It is going to be very cast dice-centric uh, in that we're going to talk about several games. Uh, we might talk about some pop culture. Uh, if you have not watched The Mandalorian Season 2, there will be spoilers. However, we will warn you beforehand. So if you want to hang out uh, with us before we get there, please do. Uh, we would love to hang with you tonight. But if you, uh, if there, there will be a point where we start talking uh some Mandalorian discussion and perhaps how to put that on the tabletop. And in that, during that discussion, we will let you know before we start talking about the big bad spoilers. Although my goodness, if you, I knew a lot of the things from memes before I watched the, uh, the, the episodes and I'm not even asking you what you thought drew, because uh, we've been purposefully not talked about it really before uh, recording tonight and we're definitely not going to get there before the spoiler warning. But beyond that, Drew, you and I have both been up to some hobby recently. In fact, we've been up to a lot of hobby. And that has been, uh, and in fact, it's been a lot of different hobbies in, in your case. Um, and that's partially because of one of the reasons why we haven't been doing a lot of recording of Beyond the First Marker this year. Drew, would you like to talk about what life has been like in Melbourne town? Because I feel like I've done it once or twice. Um, yeah, I, look, to be honest, I feel like we, we've kind of, we're kind of getting out of what a lot of the world seems to be getting into, mm. um, which uh, not to sound, not to sound smug or anything, but no. just sort of an, an offer of um, 
of sympathy there, um, that it's tough, um, but there is another side. So I'm, I'm hoping, hoping everyone gets through. But so Melbourne went through some pretty tough lockdowns um, between July and I want to say November. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still at the tail end of those now, but they're, they're, they're on their way out. Um, or at least uh, they seem to be on their way out. Who knows what could happen in the near future? Not uh, on wood. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. People uh, have learnt, uh, so, so learnt some of the right things to do, and we stay safe uh, and continue to continue to sort of enjoy the freedom that we've got right now. That's right. Now, Drew, you and I are both teachers, and yeah. though you mentioned we did come out of a really fairly intense lockdown recently, um, that was actually our second lockdown, and. You and I both have students. There was a point this year where we walked back in the classroom where our kids had had more remote contact with us than they had in the classroom. And that's just nuts. I mean, think about it. Of the 40 year, uh, forty weeks of the school year, um, at one point, I think almost maybe 18 of them or 19 of them were remote. So I, I'm not even getting... Maybe I'm exaggerating that a little bit. It felt like forever. If it wasn't um, that number, if it, was, it, was, it was close to it. Um, but yeah, there were definitely some, some age groups in Melbourne that, that, that had more, uh, remote teaching than face-to-face teaching this year. That's just, right. For those, uh, from the Northern Hemisphere, uh, our school year starts roughly with the calendar year. So yeah, we're, we're ju- we've just finished a year as opposed to hitting the midway point. So for us, this is a wonderfully bittersweet celebration because <laughs> it's been a <laughs> bastard of a year. Uh, and, and I suppose yeah. one of the, one of the... Uh, one of the additional sort of side effects was that because all these things had been put off whilst we're in lockdown, um, a lot of the things that usually happen throughout the last term of the year Mm -hmm. kind of got bunched up, at least from my point of view, instead of the last half of the last Mm -hmm. term. So once we got back to school, it wasn't, that wasn't kind of the end of it. That wasn't sort of back to normal. Um, We would, we were still, we were still kind of doing things in the last week of term or the second last week of term that we normally would have finished with sort of halfway through the term. Oh yeah. So it was a, it was a slog right to the end. In fact, I've, I've probably still got plenty of work to do uh, in preparation for next year, but um, you know, that that's, that's necessary. Yeah. And it is one of the reasons why, um, and just p- plain pure exhaustion. Um, why cast dice sort of, Took a, a hiatus for a while, um, but we are back. And I guess one of the things that we would normally talk about on Beyond the First Marker uh, would be how to how to bring Star Wars to life on a tabletop, sort of in a narrative standpoint. And for that to happen, we usually play games. I mean, one of those things that Drew and I love to do are to play games and have a good time doing it. Um, and unlike a lot of Star Wars Legion podcasts, we tend to be a little more narrative focused uh, rather than what the competitive meta is. Unfortunately, that means that we didn't really have a chance to play many games. In fact, we had no chance to play any games. Um, And when we did, we played Star Wars adjacent game, a Star Wars adjacent (laughs) game, which we'll talk about in a minute. But it just meant that um, the usual fodder slash fuel for this podcast hasn't been as um, readily available as usual. And while, you know, we're not necessarily worrying about what the newest, hottest releases are from FFG or 
Atomic Mass Games or whoever is making Star Wars Legion now. Um, I guess it is, uh, and it's tongue-in-cheek. It's FFG, guys, I know. Um, yeah, I think that is why we haven't really been recording, um, but we're back. 2020 is coming to an end. 2021 should hopefully be a bright, shiny start to the year. Now, Drew, I did mention your hobby, and I did hint that it wasn't all miniature-based. Um, besides making the coolest Star Wars face COVID masks ever, um, <laughs> maybe you want to start there. What have you been up to, man? Because you have been killing the creativity recently. Um, as you said, the, the, there was the, the masks. I made a couple of those. I, I originally started, the plan was to just make some uh, kind of movie character themed masks uh, just so that, uh, just, just to kind of, lift some of the negativity around masks mm-hmm. um and also calling that cosplay uh but as as i typically do i kind of just kept coming back to star wars characters so i just sort of gave up trying to do other movies and just like oh i'll just do star wars characters not that i did that many i, I ended up making a mall mask uh and a soka mask mm-hmm. and a stormtrooper mask yeah um so and that kind of got me using my, my sewing machine on my, like, not, not to, not to sort of gender stereotype. It was my wife's sewing machine, but she hadn't really used it since we started living together, uh, many, many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. So I thought I will sort of dust that off and, uh, see if I can figure out how to use it. And so since then I've made, um, I've made a dress for my daughter. I've made a couple of caps um i made one which i gave to a friend as a christmas present which is a um a boba fett flat cap nice um, which i'll stick a picture up on the uh, on the page um and then for our for our staff party this year i made myself a glow of the dark as it turns out uh darth vader bowling shirt which Brilliant. was kind of fun um and i, I think that's I'm going to try and do this a bit more as going forward and um, sort of flush out my wardrobe with uh, with sort of Star Wars vintage clothing because it's fun. Why not? Yeah, man. Well, it's one of those things that um, I, I'm more used to you uh, making incredible cakes, uh, for example. Uh, <laughs> you are a an unbelievable baker slash cake. I, I don't even want to say cake maker, cake artist. Um, decorator. Decorator. I mean, you do a lot of wedding stuff. I mean, it it is your your work is outstanding. And um, in in to get ready for this episode, I did just finish watching the Great British Bake Off Holiday Special. Oh yeah. Uh, just uh, to get in the right frame of mind to talk holidays with you. Um, but if you have not watched, and uh, I, I'm realizing that 90% of the podcast audience is about to flip me the bird and to ask me what the hell I'm on about. Um, but my wife has recently picked up sewing in a big way as well. And we are going to get to miniature wargaming in a second here, kids. But um, one of the big things that we've enjoyed watching recently that I've we've had on in the background while I've been painting has been the great, uh, what is it? Not the great, uh, the British sewing bee. The great. Oh, British really? Bee? Okay. Yeah. If you haven't watched it, it's great stuff. I'll really good. For that. I can say this has been, uh, it's not been a massive, uh, demand for celebratory cakes in melbourne this year new <laughs> and whilst that is just a 
it is a side hobby. I don't, I don't make any income from that. Um, it's hard to make, it's hard to justify making big decorator cakes when you're just going to eat the whole thing with you and your immediate family. <laughs> just, it's, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a probably a bad, a slippery slope that one. Well, you made a brilliant birthday cake for me and I was eating it the entirety of the first lockdown because we froze it and I cut it into thin, thin slices. And so I was eating a tiny piece, like a sliver of a, cause it was a big cake. And of course, my wife and I had like half of it left after the party. So we cut it into slivers and I had a sliver of cake every day uh, after dinner <laughs> for like the entirety of the first lockdown. So yes. Um, there's your ISO lock. There's your ISO weight gain. Oh my God, dude. It was so good too. Ugh. Anyway, moving on. Um, uh, have you gotten up into any, uh, as in toy soldier hobby recently, I know that you have been making a very cool themed, uh, star Wars Legion clone army that, uh, is sort of an inquisitor based, uh, hunt Jedi hunting force, uh, a what if force that has Anakin leading it. Um, have you been adding to that at all? Um, not, not a heap of late, um, I, I kind of wanted to see what where the Clone Force went um, a little bit before I sort of started to plan the next few purchases. So I got as far as um, the the core stuff. I painted all that up, and I've, that's that's all in my Inquisitor colors. I painted up a uh, a Skullforge Anakin to mm -hmm. to fit into the army. I painted up another Vader to fit into the army. So I have two of the same Vader, but with different different bases. But um, they could both fit in either army um i did paint for part of the uh, skullforge painting competition i painted up the uh, uh i can't remember which number it is now maybe, maybe the the second sister the one from uh, from fallen order mm -hmm. i can't remember which which sister i'm talking about here um but i painted her off um to match the army um and i painted up the saber tank but i think i finished that a few months ago yeah um but i just wanted to see whether what like what some of the next few releases were because um like phase two clones i don't strictly speaking have any of those yet but given they're just head swapped phase ones and my whole army is head swapped it didn't really mm -hmm. make a lot of sense to go out and buy a whole bunch of phase twos especially when they were um so scarce anyway um i have ordered some more um i have more, ordered some more um, airborne clones, mm -hmm. um, a whole squad from, I can't remember which, um, uh, which producer I've ordered those from, but I'll be painting those up to be my phase twos when I start using those. It's Proteus, isn't it? Proteus in the UK. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, Proteus 3D, I believe is the name of the gentleman and please someone <laughs> yell at me if I get that wrong, but he's the official, uh, licensed Skullforge printer in the UK. Um, and because shipping from the UK is for some reason a million times cheaper than <laughs> shipping from the States, um, we both just had a sizable order of Skullforge and, uh, is it Darkfire, um, designs, uh, models to Australia from them. So, yeah. In fact, I may be holding your models as we speak. <laughs> Sorry. Hold them hostage. Um, but yeah, I, th I figured there's enough difference with those models to the ones I've already made that they can sort of justify calling them phase twos. Um, and I'll have to, at some stage, get myself some uh, a box, of, at least one box of phase twos for the card. 
Um, but I suppose if I wanted to take them to an event, then I'd need more than that. But yeah, don't I don't I don't see a heap of those happening anytime soon. New. Um, hopefully sooner. The sooner the better, and I'll just take my rebels if that's the case. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, like Anakin, I will get an Anakin because I want those rules because I have an Anakin model already. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I will probably get myself. Um, I mean, I'll probably get all the characters for the, for the Republic, but I'll have to think of alternative models for them. So for Padme, I haven't decided what I'll use for that yet. But yeah, I'll figure something out. Just something that's in keeping with the army that isn't um, isn't a Force user. Yeah. I'll probably get some some arcs in there at some point, but I don't know what I'd use them as because we just haven't seen that much of the uh, uh, we haven't seen that much of the purge troopers yet right especially nothing flying but we'll find something yeah nah man that'll be cool uh and they are oh they're cool looking models too the arc troopers are great um i picked up a a box of arc troopers i have a box of phase two um so i could get the card uh because i'm running galactic marines and i got my painted galactic marines back from andy andy singleton from volley fire painting service and they look astonishing. They're just as good as the other ones he painted for me. Obviously, he painted them to match. Um, and I have had people paint for me before, and you go, oh, yeah, you know, um, they're going to paint to match. It's great. And then when, they, when you open the box, they're not always the same. But it was great to see that Andy, as always, was the consummate professional, and everything is exactly what it needs to be. So, yeah, I now have a full galactic marine army ready to go um i even have the correct leader now painted up um which is oh, great cool. yep um and the only thing i don't have is a kiamundi so i have to find a way of getting him but you know getting that getting a single 3d printed model uh made and then shipped to australia with shipping less than like 40 dollars uh is not <laughs> Seeming to be the case, you know, in the cards at the moment. And I have enough stuff to paint, so I'm going to leave that alone. But I have also started building my Saber tank for my Galactic Marines. Um, I, as I said, I do have a Padme. I do have some ARC Troopers. Uh, I have some stuff I want to paint up. But I've been trying desperately to finish a few projects before the end of this year. Um, if you've been following the Cast Eyes page, you would have seen I've been cranking through Marvel Crisis Protocol models, at least cranking at my speed. Um, and I'm up to, as of last night, 14 models. I have nine Avengers painted and five villains, which I'm very excited about because um, I've you need 10 to play the, the game properly. Now I have more than that. And I'm hoping that by New Year, I will have 10 full painted Avengers. Uh, and Thor is very, I'm a little scared of him, but I'm working on him <laughs> at the moment. Um, I think I messed up his tunic. Anyway, uh, and I'm hoping to paint up Hobgoblin and Kingpin. Um, and if I can get that done, because of the way the game works, I will have four playable factions um possibly five just based off what i have and if i paint a couple more models um i can go in a bunch of different directions but i'm very excited to do that and i want to try and get a couple of more characters done so i can start playing um my gi joe and cobra armies on the bolt action tabletop and um yeah just have a lot of really exciting ideas and i just haven't had a lot of time and so at the moment, it's just going from one end of my painting table to the other and trying to finish everything um, 
so that I can start the new year right. Um, don't forget the uh, yeah, don't forget the the garbage truck you painted. That's like that's that's on everyone's kind of uh, hot models list, isn't it? Oh god, ben the garbage truck. Ben the garbage <laughs> truck, the hottest model in the meta. Um, actually, that is the most exciting thing that I think I've done at the end of 2020 is that I actually sat down and painted uh, more than a board's worth of terrain for Marvel Crisis Protocol, including the goddamn garbage truck. Um, which I was lucky enough to get in a Black Friday sale for 50% off, which was awesome because uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol models are a little pricey. Um, <laughs> but the gar- I wasn't going to spend like 80 bucks Australian on a garbage truck. No. So I think I got it for like 35 which is awesome. Uh, and, and not that I'm going to tell you what it is right now, but I, I painted something up for you for as a little Christmas present. So uh, next time I see you. Oh, really? There'll be something there. You can talk about that next time. Oh, hell yeah, man. Well, I I am literally holding uh, the block of Beskar you got for me uh, for my (laughs) birthday. So uh, I I couldn't go past that for this episode. I had to have it on hand. So, uh, dude, you always give the best presents. We'll have to talk off air. Anyway, um, so Drew, we did actually sit down and we played a game. Um, once lockdown lifted here and we were allowed to have one other person from one other house in our house at any one moment during a 24 hour period, you came over right away and we played star Wars. Which just, I just point out that things have lifted even more than that, but we just haven't played anything else because we've both been, uh, exhausted. As we were before, but, yeah. Yeah. We could have played more games than we did, but we've just been knackered. Uh, yeah. In fact, there have are. been some very patient people who've been like, yay, you're finally out of lockdown. This is amazing. Can't wait to hear about all your games. How have the games been? And I'm like, I haven't played a goddamn game. Sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's been a hard year, but I do have some games planned for this week coming up. And drew that includes you and I needing to schedule a game. So we'll have to mm. do this. Yeah. Go Let's ahead. see. Back then, we did get that one game in, and it was not Star Wars Legion, no. but it was Star Wars. It was, and it used Legion models. Yeah. It it was uh, a game of one of my favorite games to play, um, a game that I've talked about on this podcast many times, but if you are, and when I say this podcast, I mean Cast Ice, but if you're a Beyond the First Marker listener, uh, there's a game called 7TV, and 7TV is this really neat concept of a game. It, it basically takes any IP you want, and it turns it into a, a, a playable episode of like a 70s slash 80s spy movie slash sitcom slash action television show. So basically it turns whatever you want, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Star Wars, G.I. Joe, He-Man, Masters of the Universe, whatever. Sorry, that, that is the same thing. Thundercats, um, <laughs> James Bond. Austin Powers, like however the the Scooby-Doo gang, like however you want to take an IP that you happen to love and you want to put it on the tabletop, 7TV has the rules to do it. And you can basically put it on the board and then rather than playing, you know, this typical game where people are fighting each other over an objective, which is great. And, you know, clearly we all love that because we play these games. But 7TV turns it into an episode of a television show. So there's the first act. There's the second act. There's the third act. And and as this goes through, there's like wardrobe malfunctions. There are props that blow up. Um, It's, it's, you know, 
a monkey randomly shows up. It's all the bits and pieces that you love from like circa 70s, circa 80s television shows. Um, all those great tropes thrown together. And there's the spy-fi box, there's the pulp box, there's the post-apocalyptic box. And each one has its own set of characters and uh, you know, slight rule tweaks. But one of the very first things that came out with 7TV Second Edition was a, uh, a set of rules for Star Wars. And they're now free from the uh, Crooked Dice who makes 7TV website. So we downloaded it. Um, I printed out all the cards. Um, thanks, Officeworks. And then uh, laminated them, cut them out, and we played a game. Uh, we played 7TV. And one of the cool things about that is... There are models put out by manufacturers like Skullforge, who we love on this show, um, who like Jawas or Sand People, who don't necessarily have rules at the moment in Star Wars Legion. However, they do have rules in 7TV, uh, and they have profiles. And so we were able to sit down and play a game. Of course, we ended up... <clears throat> uh, I made the forces, <clears throat> and they happened to be... Literally all the models that we, you would normally see on a Star Wars Legion tabletop, but it was still a lot of fun. Um, and we had, uh, you had Vader on one side, and yeah, it was it was just a lot of fun. And in the process, I got to use some brand new Legion uh, terrain that I've been painting up uh, that had been 3D printed by the awesome Pete West. Um, we have the new Sandcrawler that Muddy... Uh, Funster airbrushed for me, which looks fantastic. And then I painted up the tracks and some of the stowage on it. Um, but we also had um, the turbo laser tower, which I finally got around to properly painting that you put all the lights in, Drew. So, yeah, it was great to throw all that on the table and play the game. Um, Drew, you had never played 7TV. In fact, I don't think you'd even seen it played. Stepping no, into I've only that, heard what you talked. I've only, I didn't, only heard what had your descriptions of it. Mm. Um, what did you think? Because it, it is a very different game from Star Wars Legion. It's it's a skirmish game. I think we only had something like nine to ten models on a side. Mm. Um, but it was it still felt Star Wars. Yeah, definitely. And I felt that the, the rules uh, were generic enough, or it kind of seems like I'm contradicting myself here. They're kind of generic enough that you could that you could but generic, but broad enough that you could make, you could, you could really kind of make any character you needed to with the rules mm -hmm. that, as they're given. So you have a bunch of keywords which do all the same things in every different kind of setting or mm -hmm. IP that you want to, to work with, but you can just stack them up in such ways that you could, you can, you can make fairly uh, unique characters across exactly. the board. And so whilst, whilst we're sort of dealing with generic characters, uh, oh, sorry, generic rules, but every character on the table seemed seemed quite distinct from the rest. So, because I think you had, you had the main, the main hero cast, and like, you know, Luke Hanleyer on your mm -hmm. side and a bunch of lackeys. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I think I had Tarkin, Veers, uh, Fett, and a bunch of lackeys on my side. Mm-hmm. And even then, it seemed, you know, everyone had, everyone played quite distinctly from 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 others. Yeah, and, and it, so it, it is a cool rule set in that. Um, but I do have to say, for those who aren't familiar, 
if you're looking for uh, the, the, the newest, hottest, up-to-date version of 7TV, uh, and they do have a really cool Cthulhu-esque um, campaign pack that, that's about to come out, there's some really great stuff in the post-apocalyptic, and the pulp box in particular is my favorite. But that is well beyond, um, is way newer and way more... Uh, shows more development of the rules than maybe the original Star Wars rules did, if that makes sense. I do love what the Star Wars rules allow you to do, but having played a lot of Pulp, I might go back and uh, tweak a couple of the profiles using some of the yeah. stuff from Pulp just to give it a little more uh, a little more zest and a little a little more variety, so to speak. That okay. said, man, I think we still had a great time. Yeah. I think probably my only takeaway from the game, the only thing I would kind of... Mm, say about the game is that if you if you like a game that's um that that values or prioritizes balance um then it's probably not a, it's not, probably not a fantastic game yep. not, not to say that it's not balanced but um it can be a bit swingy particularly with one with yeah. some of the uh uh what are the cards called I, I can't remember the term for that for those the um, what the plot oh the um the, so the the act one, the act two, the act three. Yeah. So rather than having a turn counter, you have a deck of cards that goes through the acts. And when you run out, the game ends. Um, and some of those cards, um, you know, A, are hilarious, but also B, yeah, yeah. super uh, swingy as far as what, they, what the effects of some of them are. Some of them are very powerful. Some of them are very silly. Um, and that kind of leans into the game. 7TV is by definition not a competitive war game. It is so narrative focused. So yeah, the idea is just to have fun with it. But so having not- played enough of it, I haven't had a blowout. So I think um, I think it does even out a bit um, the mm-hmm. more you play it, if that makes sense. But yeah, some of those cards when they happened, I know we were both looking at it going, hmm. That's a lot. It's, it's like, or not. This one's not even a big thing, but just kind of the kind of thing that might sort of um, come a little bit out of left field for you was that one of the cards I pulled said that I think was it one of, one of my models suddenly was very attracted to one of your, mm-hmm. or one of my male models was suddenly very attracted to one of your female models. So it said like, if you have any female models then one of my models has to move full pace towards them. And at this point, I think I killed Leia already. Yeah. But you just happened to have one of your lackey troopers on the ground was one of the female models from the from the that squad. That was my sniper buddy. There's nothing lackey about her. She was an elite uh, commando, and he says, sure. dropping things on the floor. <laughs> yep, go ahead. Uh, and so we kind of, when we first read the card, I said like, oh, Leia's gone. Oh well, no effect. And sort of went to bury the card, and then we're like, "Oh, wait a minute!" And we looked down, and then, you know, one of the models just by complete chance happened to be female. Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh well, let's do what the let's do what the card said," and we and we went with it, and it was hilarious because uh, I think I sort of I walked over there, stood out in the open in front of her, got shot at. <laughs> I, think, I think she missed. Yes. And then I think next turn when I'd gotten over my um when I'd gotten over my last I returned fire and yeah. Shot her in the face or something. Yes. Um, which uh, maybe 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 is not a great message to send, but like it's that's the kind of that's the kind of story you can expect to come out of this sort of this sort of game. So yeah, if if you if swingy games or or 
high degree, high high amounts of chance. If you don't like those things in a game, then just be prepared that that's yeah, you're not going to like kind of, it. Well, I mean, you could still like it, but it's 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 there. Yeah, exactly. um, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. So, yeah, it's a great like game. the whole game. I thought was hilarious. Yeah, we'll have um, to we'll have to bust out some uh, some pulp models and uh, maybe because you have all of the mansions from Madness sets painted up, you have basically every model you'd ever need to play Seven TV ready to go. So uh, we can play a pulp version where uh, we'll have to stop the summoning the horror sometime and uh, have a good time with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think the game we played was kind of a um, was a, 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 a some like a bit of a recreation of Endor. Yes. Except that um, Tarkin was there and Fett was there, but whatever. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. It's kind of the setting we had, but we think like next time we play it, we'll probably set up a bit of a. Um, we're going to set up a bit of the Battle of Hoth and and try and recreate uh, Vader and the stormtroopers sort of blasting their way into the uh, mm-hmm. into Echo Base and uh, and uh, have it be all snowy and white and. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to playing. Our uh, our snow troopers might be wearing red though, because my uh, galactic marines are, of course, all snow troopers. Oh well. <laughs> Yay! Who needs it, right? Um, yeah. Now, guys, I know that if you are used to listening to Beyond the First Marker, you would be expecting trivia. <clears throat> Yep. Yeah, when I went to go hit record tonight, I realized that the trivia set, uh, for those of you who did not follow uh, what I was up to a while back, we moved uh, right as lockdown was about to ease. And um, we have a storage room in the bottom of our building. And my trivia set happens to be in the bottom of a box, in the bottom of the storage unit, in the bottom of this building that I currently am sitting in. So I did not go dig it out. That is entirely on me. That is my fault. But as this is a slightly different format, I thought we'd spend a little bit more time talking about what we've been up to. Uh, So I am sorry we don't have uh, trivia this time, but I've been told recently by several people that they are beating both of us. I, I don't think that's difficult. Yeah, to be honest, <laughs> I think kids in my class can probably beat, and they're not great Star Wars fans. Um, the average score seems to be less than fifty percent. Yeah. Like, uh. <laughs> but I don't know about you, Drew, but I did. Now that I've mentioned kids in my class, I of course have to mention uh, that I got some great Star Wars themed presents this year. I got Star Wars mm-hmm. socks. I got a Star Wars travel mug. Uh, I got a thousand piece Baby Yoda puzzle but uh, i think most excitingly from a star wars perspective uh for christmas this year we got uh, my wife and i got a x-wing set um a lego x-wing set that we're gonna build and it Ah, it has it's the one with bigs and the big one with luke and you can change the pilots out but yeah very excited can't wait to put it together Um, we can we can recreate our own trench run because yes. I think I've got the same one, so we could, we could have both of them. <laughs> oh, cool. Right on. Now, we need to get Vader's tie, though. Mm. Probably exists in Lego form somewhere. Someone's got to do it. I got given by my brother-in-law the uh, the the little promo uh, Poe Dameron X-Wing in Lego. But it's it's So it's it's in is it micro scale, like with a mm-hmm. you know, smaller scale than minifig scale. Um, and it has... Um, I thought it was very creative. It has carrots as its um, as its engine pods. Oh, cool! Because they're orange, which fits the yeah. you know uh, pose scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, and the I think the 
the turbolaser barrels are ski poles, which are also perfect to that scale. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's very funny. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, no, man. I I have a bunch of um, small scale. Like I'm I'm not sure what they're called. They're like the mini. I guess the the vehicles are very small, but you put the Lego figure sitting in it, so it, the Lego figure looks huge. I have a bunch of like the Tie Fighters at work that kids have given oh, me over I, the years. Yeah, but this is the full proper X-wing that uh, I'm going to build with my wife here, perhaps with a tasty beverage with the Christmas tree in the background and all of that. Um, and then take it back to my classroom for display because as my wife says, as much as she wants to build it and have a good time, it can definitely go live on my toy shelf at school. I need, I need a toy shelf at school. Um, being a secondary teacher, I don't have my own classroom, but, um, yeah, <laughs> I have, I have a bookshelf in my classroom. That's way too tall for kids to get things off the top of. Uh, and, uh, I had a Funko sitting on it, uh, at the end of one school year and, uh, a kid gave me another Funko and then another one and then another one. And then all of a sudden toys started pouring out of every like <laughs> opening to my classroom. And, uh, now the toy shelf is literally packed it's it's uh it's a wall-to-wall of star wars figures and you know it's not just like people going out and buying me things it's like hey mr morin uh, my brother was you know getting rid of his old star wars collection so here's a clone trooper from that and you know i just get these cool little hey mr morin here's a lego version of you and it's a minifigure that looks like me like that kind of thing there's just it's fun little stuff that you know knickknacks the kids bring in so anyway it's always cool True. I think it's time to throw a spoiler on this. What do you say? Yeah. Okay. So from uh, maybe maybe should we come back in post and like put an actual timestamp on when the spoilers finish. Although that'd be, that'd be pretty close to the end of the episode anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll just from here on in there are spoilers, and we might tell you when they finish if necessary. But if you have not watched up to the end of season two of The Mandalorian, then uh, if you don't want to find out what happens at all then you'd best stop listening now. Mm-hmm. So Drew, let's talk Mandalorian season two. What did you think? I'm a complete fanboy and I have very little negative to say about it. If anything, um, I was very, very excited the whole time. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I have to say, and I say this sounding, I know that sounds negative, but it, it has been a long, brutal year. And my, at the end, <laughs> my mental health wasn't exactly in the gray shape, uh, I was sort of limping across the finish line. And, um, I loved, I mean, my wife and I, my wife and I absolutely adored the first season. Um, we watched it as it came out last, last year, mm-hmm. uh, and followed it every second. Um, but then with, you know, everything that was going on with the loss of our um, first dog and everything else, we just like, we're like, okay, we missed a couple episodes. We're just going to let them slide out and then we'll catch up. And then the end of the school year happened to line up with the last episode. And so both my wife and I got out of work early. So we curled up on the couch and binge watched season two. And everyone kept saying how good it was, but I didn't want to be disappointed. Um, so I was kind of going, uh, is it that good though? Hopefully, you know, hopefully it is. We'll see. And it blew away every expectation I had. I so loved it. So good. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the first season was great. I don't think we've talked much about first season because we, no, because spoilers for, for a while for, for spoilers. Um, 
But I suppose for for Star Wars Legion, there wasn't a heap to really. Nah. I mean, you had um, a couple of big battles. Um, you had the Mandalorians showing up in what is that? The second episode, so the end of the second uh, episode. Third, yeah, third, I think. End of the oh, third. Yeah, by the way, I think like yeah, that's probably that's probably the the main influence on um, like is it a big a big force mm-hmm. fighting? Because the only one on the, the only other one that shows up really are the stormtroopers at the end. But yeah, yeah we've got those already. So. First, I mean, in the very first episode, you have Mando and IG-11 taking on all those bandits and pirates. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, that might be great for a, a game system, but I don't know if it's necessarily good for Legion. Like, you could theoretically play Legion where you have a couple of characters taking on a wall of low-level mooks, so to speak. I think that's the term. What are they? Thugs? Mooks you could, works. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could do that. But... Yeah. Uh, again, I don't know if Legion's the right game for that. But then episode six, the jailbreak episode, I think you could. I mean, Seven TV is literally written that's, for that, right? Yeah, that's classic. That's classic Seven TV there. So, um, I, and don't get me wrong, I think the the you know you could have a lot of fun with Mando uh, taking on the ATST. I think there could be a lot of fun with that on a tabletop. But again, I don't think Legion's the game to necessarily represent that. But I think in Star Wars, um, sorry, Mandalorian season two, I think there's far more opportunities to have battles that are Legion centric. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, like straight in the first episode. Um... Hmm. Straight off the bat, I said this this would make a really cool, interesting Legion army, and probably the, I mean at least since I first started playing Legion, probably the first first one that that's that's new to me. Like, you know, as as people have talked about that, we talked about Wookiee armies and Gungan armies and Ewok armies and all those sorts of things. But um, I suppose this is the first this first first original one that that has come up in canon since I started playing Legion that I thought like, yes, I would, I would actually very much like to put this on the tabletop. Mm-hmm. And that's the, um, the, uh, the Mos Pelgo and Tuscan Raider Alliance yeah. that goes up against the, uh, uh, the dragon. The dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As they, when they, they loaded up those, um, those giant ballista on the back of, uh, on the back of the, uh, Banthas. Banthas. And I was like, Oh my God, this, this yes. would be cool. So you have a couple of rebel trooper squads as your uh, your your villagers. Mm-hmm. Fill out some of your elite slots with uh, with uh, Tuscan Raiders. Mm-hmm. And what would you use the Tuscan Raiders as? Because I was thinking uh, you could do sniper squads, like yeah, like bulked out sniper squads, not just the two or three man, but like have a, a larger squad, but have mm-hmm. the sniper in it as part of that. What else were you thinking? Just given the nature of what they were doing, which was sort of close range explosives, you'd probably want some of those, um, some of the, oh, demo the alternate weapons. weapons from the, uh, from the, uh, yeah. uh, from the, uh, what am I talking about here? <laughs> the scout squads. Um, yeah. Just cause that's kind of in fitting with what they were doing. of like trying to basically throw explosives down the mouth of the, um, of the dragon. And if you're running, want... if you're running rebels, of course, you probably wouldn't be running a Boba Fett if you're trying to run lists as written. I mean, you of course could take a, you know, Mando Sabine. as accounts as Boba Fett, for example, rules wise. But yeah, I would say Sabine. And then of course with Sabine, again, you have explosives. So there yeah. you go. 
I pr I'd probably you know, if I was if I was playing in an event where I had to follow the rules, then I'd probably just use Sabine. But if I was playing, if like if you and I were playing, I'd probably just say, "Hey, do you mind if I take Fet? Yeah, and use him as as um, Dinjarin, and I'm sure there would be no issue with that. In fact, it'd probably be a suboptimal choice because you know Fet's written to sort of fit in with the uh, Imperials. Yeah, which. Uh, unrelated to this episode, but like, wow, that 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 goes completely out the window mm -hmm. um, by the end of the second season. Oh, we'll get yeah. to that. Um, the other thing I thought was like getting some banthers uh, and just they're probably too banthers are probably too big to be used as tauntaun riders, but right. that was the only thing I could think of to sort of to be anything like banthers. So maybe just a couple of small banthers <laughs> just to be tauntaun riders. Sorry, do back. I mean, I was thinking dewbacks, but I don't think the guys riding on the dewbacks would fit. Uh, of um, course, you could say the yeah, dewbacks are big and tough and mean, and they could have stronger armor because it's one profile, right? You're not you're not looking at the profile of the rider. Yeah. So the fact that the armor, eh, maybe. Again, I, I don't think it's a perfect match, but you know there are a couple of monsters to choose from. Yeah, but a dewback is a is a better fit in terms of size. I was thinking Tauntauns just in terms of fitting with a legal rebel list, but um, yeah. uh, if, we, if we go with the same approach as using FET, then yes, a Dubak would probably be a better fit, but to, but as a Bantha. Um, now, now, people are going to hear us talking a little bit about, oh, you could run this, maybe not part of the list. And I guess if you talked about a lot of Star Wars Legion podcasts, that might be heresy um, to have those conversations um, because there's a lot of talk of metas and events and playing, uh, you know, <clears throat> the best list and the best event, that kind of thing. Um, but we're not that kind of Star Wars Legion player. A and B, uh, guys, I hate to tell you this, there's outside of TTS, there's not really much in the way of Star Wars Legion events over across the world at the moment. So, um, if you're able to play, uh, and I'm hoping we are soon, uh, it, it's probably going to be a friendly anyway, um, or you're going to have a chance to play with yourself. Uh, you know, why not, why not mix it up? Try something different, do something a little fun, right? Yeah. And look, if, if, if I do play with someone who doesn't want to see fit in the rebel army, that's fine. I'm exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that person's game as well. And right. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do anything that they're not comfortable with. So, mm -hmm. um, after all, yeah, a game has two people, and one of the main things about that is you, you know, you, you, you want both people to have a good time. Exactly. If, if one of you's not having a good time, then 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 uh, you're not playing right, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Quite right. Um, but yeah, and, and the other thing I'd try and put into the list would be one or even two uh, laser cannons as the as the ballista. Definitely. So set those up with uh, either some Tuscan crew or some some tr some rebel crew. Yeah. I I I would probably use the rebels models from the box, but I try and convert them to be a little bit more sandy, civilian looking. Yeah. And I'd probably try and get rid of the helmets. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I'd have to find some uh, some legion scale heads. There are a lot of Legion scale heads floating around, uh, 3D print wise. Uh, finding ones that aren't necessarily because I mean there were some aliens in there, but it was awful human centric. 
Yeah. I mean, you'd have to find a few. There are some. So we just have to go digging. Um, you might have to do some converting, which I know is tough for you. It's really hard. You wouldn't be able to do that. Hmm. And oh, I, I, maybe, maybe we didn't say this before, but so if I was playing a friendly where we weren't concerned about faction, I would have ideally Fett and Sabine in there mm-hmm. um, because uh, you've obviously got Covant in there who's uh, dressed up in the Fett armor. Yes. Um, I don't know. Like, did, did you... I don't know how quickly you picked up on it in the show, but like he was, I thought he was noticeably lankier and had a, like a much longer neck than uh, than Fett had in the. Uh, oh yeah, he definitely did not trilogy. fit that armor at all. That, yeah. that he's definitely the gangly teenager uh, in wearing, <laughs> you know, somebody else's clothing. It is, yeah. And I think that's the point. But yeah, it was the first time I saw that outline, and everyone's like, "Yeah, Boba Fett," and I went. Because again, nah. I was looking at memes. I was looking at it going, yeah, that's not Boba Fett. Like that or yeah. it's the worst casting ever. Like something <laughs> went horribly wrong like, here. The and, costume department needs to be fired. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, that's bad. Ooh. But then we got fat, oh. fat Fett later, which was, oh, so good. Oh, that was like that, that episode where Fett, where Fett um, actually got some screen, you know, some, uh, some character time. I really, really like that for a whole lot of reasons, but just the fact that Fett comes out, he's, he's, his character is not really, it, not, not to contradict what we've seen about him, what we've heard about him so far in, in mm-hmm. canon, but it's to, to put it out there and say like, actually, he's not, he's not like a terrible person. He's not evil. No. He's just, he's just pragmatic and the contract is worth more than his morals or, or, mm-hmm. More, or his moral, his morals are contracts. And it's like, if he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it for money. He's going to do it. If he's going to capture Han Solo for money, he's going to do it. And he's not, he's not lying about that. He's not deceptive about that. It's like, that's, that's what he said he'd do. If, so he's you, going to do it. if you give me my armor, I will make sure that you and the kid are fine. You know, I, yeah. I got this and yeah. And man, that, that makes, oof. Oh, it was good when he said that, um, you know, after the, the razor crest blew up, it was just like, yes, I'm waiting for it, waiting for it. And then he said, it, it was like, yes, that is what I wanted right there. I wanted the Mandalorian a, Boba Fett team up, give it to me. Woo. It was such a cool end to the season having that, that kind of that team up. And I just thought that Fett had some, some of his one-liners were hilarious. Like when, yeah. he, when they proposed that he goes and tries to infiltrate the Imperial mm-hmm. race and he's like, they might recognize my face. And I just, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm obviously on the level of he's a, he's worked for the empire before and they might recognize him, but also the fact that there are literally thousands of, of him, mm-hmm. or there were literally thousands of people with his face at some point. And they hundreds might of thousands. Him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And legions uh, of them. Yeah. It's like, he has the, uh, he has the modal face in the Star Wars universe. So, yeah, I, like tomorrow Morrison, I thought was great. Like before he put the armor on, mm-hmm. like, he was terrifying. The fact that he was he mm-hmm. was in there, like literally smashing face, um, yeah. with his gaffy stick. But so he hadn't even put the armor on. He was he was already terrifying. And at that point, he wasn't. We we weren't really sure what what, his, what side he was on yet. Like we knew he was not imperial, but we didn't know he was, um, he was on Din's side yet. Mm-hmm. But just swing that club. And 
his age or and you know his his little bit of weight around the middle didn't mm-hmm. seem to deter from that. He yeah. put his armor on and he was he was rocking a bit of a dad bod under the armor, but still terrifying. Yeah, I was gonna say terrifying is the word there. It, it is the and I think Star Wars has done a wonderful job of this uh, and so over several movies. I mean, it wasn't as a kid. We've talked about this on the podcast before. As a kid, when we watched Star Wars, Darth Vader was intimidating. Darth Vader was scary. He was awesome. But you never really got the full realization of Darth Vader as the fourth force of nature that, you know, is destruction incarnate that, you know, was kind of what we all imagined he would do. Until Rogue One. Um, And, you know, you never saw Chewbacca actually throw people and actually, like, wreck face until Solo. And now we get Boba Fett. We get the Fett we always wanted, who didn't just fall down the Sarlacc pit and then burp. We actually got Fett as the badass. And it was like, yes, 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 give me that Fett. And uh, if you haven't looked at what the Cast Dice Podcast Network logo is, take a good look, kids, because we might be big Boba Fett fans on this network, and it's always (laughs) been there. Thank you, Brian Cook, for designing that. Anyway, Drew, let's talk about another army that was in there, because um, my wife and I were talking about it. One of our favorite episodes over the course of the second season, of course, was the one that was blatantly inspired by Kurosawa, the Ah- Ahsoka Tano episode, where there's the, the war. Yeah, so yeah. good. But, of course, that is another episode where we have another army that could be fieldable in Legion. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about um, that force and how you would build it, because it was cool. Yeah. Look, I don't... I, it didn't stand out as much to me in terms of what I would put in the army um, as the uh, the uh, Mos Pelgo slash uh, Tuscan list would. Mm-hmm. But just as a really interesting reskin for an Imperial force. So yeah. it, was a, it was an Imperial garrison force, um, and um, it was... They, they were still clearly imperial troopers, probably not stormtroopers, but you know they're, they're gruntish enough that they'd kind of fill the same role. It was just a really interesting variant on, well, you know, alternative to stormtrooper armor. And it'd be cool if I could get some, if I get my hands on a few different uh, versions of that. It'd be cool to to build a force, much like your uh, your mud trooper force, where mm. it's where it's just a, a, a something that runs. It, they're, they're still kind of effectively an imperial army, but they just look different. There's Were they actually of... imperials, though? I mean, I don't remember seeing the snowflake anywhere on there. I thought they were sort of like an independent warlord who was like a, like the, the Black Sun, um, who was sort of exploiting worlds for their own benefit. Um, maybe at the behest of the empire, but I didn't think they were technically imperials because you didn't, as I said, you don't see the snowflake anywhere. Um, I don't remember seeing the snowflake, but I, 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 I'm happy to be corrected on this, but I remember, I seem to remember seeing some of the, um, the, the rank badges, you know, like the, the sort of collection of, of red, blue and green, red, blue and white squares on the, mm-hmm. on the, the badge. I, I can't, say with certainty but i seem to remember seeing some of those 
around. Yeah. But I could be wrong. No, I hear you. I hear you. It could be. Um, I yeah. I, I had a slightly. I thought it would. There's a little bit more outside of uh, imperial law, rule and law. Um, but uh, we're talking about you would need a gunslinger to be the Michael Bean character. So you would probably. I was going to say, it's a shame he didn't hang around for the last episode to face the uh, the dark troopers because I, I feel like he would have done pretty well against them. Mm-hmm. Terminator, nice, <laughs> yeah. nice. And sadly, he didn't make it past the end of the episode, but he would, uh, yeah, you definitely want to get him on the table. I, I imagine we'll have some sculpts of him at some point. Already exist. Oh, I missed that. Uh, they're oh, not, okay. it's not by Darkfire and it's not by Skullforged. Okay. Um, one of the other, uh, Seb, I believe, one of the other 3D printing companies for Star Wars Legion has come out with a model for him. So, yeah, okay. very cool. Have we got a, um, is there a Morgan Elspeth? I don't think there is one yet, um, okay. but I think there definitely is. I, I'll have to look, to be honest. Yeah, because like you take her and you'd, you'd, I mean, if you're using, if you're doing an Imperial Force, you'd almost take her as, I, like, this is going to sound a bit weird, but almost you use just like Commander Vader. Don't give her any Force powers, but at least she can she can do the whole hand to hand thing and. Presumably, she would go smash in face with that spear, mm-hmm. considering she was able to yeah, go toe to toe with an accomplished uh, saber duelist and force user, and wasn't instantly outclassed in that battle. So I'm talking about the the battle with um with Ahsoka. So yeah, as 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 far as a as a duelist goes, I could see her working using Vader. I'm looking and I'm not seeing the model. But yeah, I think you're right. Sorry, I was trying to find the model while you were talking there. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I think that that would be a good representation as well. Um, because you want her to be sort of a badass in hand-to-hand. Although, you know, as you said, it's not with saber throw or anything like that. Because, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's just a spear. Um, and she's kind of, not not that I'd say she's slow that we saw in the, in the show, but at least she didn't, she, she, she wasn't aggressive in the show. She was like, you know, definitely the uh, the the final boss, and just slunk around behind her keep, mm-hmm. um, and so she wasn't out there moving around quickly. No, but I think those basic troopers would be perfect, as you said, stormtroopers or even rebel troopers. Like they weren't heavily armored. I guess they were wearing armored chest plates, though. So they are more heavily armored than you would see. Um, I guess most rebel troopers. So yeah, maybe stormtroopers would work well for that. They were fully enclosed, like um, yeah. Just I suppose adds some weight to their armor. I mean, if it was just a pure imperialist, then I'd probably just have stormtroopers, Vader, and I, the the Bean character. I'm not sure what I would use for him. Can you feel? You can't feel fit without his jetpack, can you? I mean, you could just not use it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, Um, you wouldn't have a lot of the weapons. You would maybe Bosk. I mean, but even then, the rules don't really match. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe a souped up, an extra, a bunch of extra cards thrown on Imperial Officer, because you can run them um, as a second headquarter choice. That might be a good thing. Yeah, I feel. I feel like, given the way he was talking to um to to Dan at the end of that episode, like I feel like. He had some chops. He just never got to show, n- never got to use them. But um, yeah, he was he was talking big. So I, I, mm-hmm. I feel like he, 
I feel like he could handle himself. It just didn't happen for him then. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Right. And I'd want to try and get that gong into the list. I don't know how I'd get the gong into the list, but just as a at least as a terrain piece, the gong was kind of cool. Oh god, yes. And just uh, the archway in the background. There were just so many great, just iconic back pieces to that. That you know, set pieces that you would just want on the tabletop. That would just look so good. Oof. Yeah. I'm. 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 I'm I, I'd say this about about a lot of the live action stuff that that, that was sort of uh, announced the other week. But um, the Ahsoka show I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I thought I thought Rosario Dawson did a brilliant job, of it. and and it, the look was right, when the movements were right. Yeah, that re- that was really cool. And I was I'm really looking forward to, to seeing where that goes. Ditto, ditto. Yeah, and the the book of Fett. Don't, oh, don't even get me started. If you haven't watched the very end of the post credit scene from uh, Mandalorian season two, go back and watch it right now because Boba Fett is amazing, and that is going to be great. Yeah, the secret extra show that they didn't announce, mm-hmm. um, along with the dozen or so other shows. There's, there, there's at least one more coming. Yeah, um, exactly. But well, yeah. let's uh. talk. <laughs> let's talk about Fett. Well, let's talk about some of these models because, um, yes, obviously Boba Fett exists already in the game, right? He exists. The rules exist for Boba Fett. There is a model for Boba Fett. However, if you want Dad Bod. Boba Fett, if you want Boba Fett without his armor, if you want any of those versions, um, there are tons of different 3D print uh, files out there existing at the moment that you can use. Uh, I am currently eyeing up the Skull Forged versions, trying to figure out which one, if not all, I need to uh, get my grubby little paws on. So um, my favorite is the, um, at least as far as looks from the show goes, the, my favorite is uh, is the armor over the top of his sort of um, Tuscan Raider robes mm-hmm. or, you know, his black Tatooine robes. Yeah. Because so he just puts the, puts the armor over the top. That, that's my favorite. Yeah, man. My favorite so good. look. So good. And um, of course, Jordan from Skullforged put out the Dire Rescue diorama set. Um, now he put out the, um, the, they're called, Authority Dominator Troopers. Um, of course, they are the robots that you see at the end. Um, Drew, why am I suddenly blanking on those? Um, dark Troopers? <laughs> uh, the, the Dark Troopers. Yeah, yeah, they are Dark Troopers. Okay. I was like, uh, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. So he's put out a set of Dark Troopers that you can 3D print that match the Mandalorian show. He, of course... Including is, one that's cut in half. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the Dire Rescue Diorama set. So you can get yeah. um, the, the Dark Trooper set or you can get the rescue set, which has multiple cloaked and variously cloaked Lukes. Um, but you can also get a cut in half um, with internal details, Dark Trooper, or one that's been crumpled yeah. from the Force, which is awesome. So cool. And so, uh, yeah, I have a bunch of Lukes, and uh, I'm kind of wanting another one now. Speaking of, so what, what, did, what did you think of um, of Luke showing up? Just so, on, the, on the show. Well, I was going to get to you with that. And I, going back to what we were talking about earlier with the promise of, I mean, we kind of have seen Luke be amazing over the years. Mark Hamill was a young enough actor that he could get around. You know, th- there was some action using Luke uh, over, the, over the trilogy, of course, 
probably more than anyone else. Um, so I, I, I feel like we got our bucks worth as far as Luke went from the original trilogy, but it was but really she, nice to see Luke being like his dad. Yeah. And like that, that yeah. mirror scene. Yeah. Like the, the dark hallway with the almost scared, um, dark trooper droids mm-hmm. kind of huddled around the, the blast door and then yep. the green saber lighting up in the darkness, <laughs> just slicing its way through. Oh. Um, I'm not going to lie, though. I told my wife when they announced it was one X-Wing and one ship was coming in, and it was like, obviously, yeah. this is a Jedi. And I said, ooh, I hope it's Mace Windu. Um, not thinking <laughs> X-Wing. Um, but I was hoping, because there had been a ton of memes saying, ooh, what if it's Mace Windu uh, out there? Yeah. And I, had, I was like, I, I bought the hype, man. I was like, ooh, Mace Windu, give me, give me some Samuel Jackson. I want... I want an old Samuel Jackson with the purple lightsaber, and I want I want some bad. Give me that, and then Luke showed up. I just hadn't even considered like who else could it be, uh, and young Luke was not on my radar. But of course, after seeing young Leia in Rogue One, should have expected it. But yeah, hell yeah, it was so good. Um, so apparently, I, I mean, I I was wondering for days until I started to see some interviews, but like so. Mark Hamill was involved. He was. He did the voice. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was, I don't think it was him on screen, no. but it was him voicing it. And he was amazed that it wasn't spoiled before, before it actually happened. That yeah. like no one had officially found out that he was involved until, until we saw it, which was kind of cool. That was awesome. And that was the one episode that my wife and I watched in real time. Uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we watched all the other ones and then watched that. And I purposely did not look at my phone that day. And so that was, you know, that was amazing to not be spoiled. Of course, there's a million and two memes about that now. So yeah, go figure. I, I thought, I think like if they do, if they do make Luke a sort of a recurring character, um, which I, I don't feel they should, but it kind of would make sense if he did. Um, I've heard suggestions that Sebastian Stan, yeah. who's Bucky, would mm-hmm. be a would be a better kind of uh, real person stand-in. And you know he's going to be kicking around the uh, the Disney Studios mm-hmm. anyway, so uh, so why not? Yes. Um, well, he is um, he is going to be in the new. I mean, of course, he is in the new um, Winter Soldier Falcon television series, yeah. which. I cannot wait exactly. for so yeah when he, when he finishes he can just come and do some some cameos every now and then oh god man hell yeah uh i am so excited for the obi-wan show can't wait uh, mm. but drew um other things from the mandalorian that you would want to see on the tabletop i mean clearly the luke i mean literally that luke model is operative luke so it's not like i guess if you wanted the cloaked version which is <laughs> what i've been looking at from Skullforge, you can do that um, yeah. What What other models are you looking at? Um, or what? Um, what are you talked you... about? Yep. Go ahead. You talked about dark troopers. I would definitely want me some of those. I don't know. I don't know what they would be. Uh, B two. I mean, sorry. Yeah. That's that's the thing I was thinking is like just just field some B twos in your imperial list. Um, probably not nearly as scary as um, as dark troopers, but then. We don't re- we don't often see non Jedi's fighting against B twos right. in the in the canon, so mm-hmm. maybe they are kind of scary. Um, I always got the feeling that they were kind of scary, but they were always kind of fighting 
like the best of the clones or Jedi. So they kind of went down like chumps. But even then, they yeah. seem to go down well, a lot less easier than B1s. You saw a couple of snippets of them like raiding a village in season one of The Mandalorian. That's right. Um, and the, the, the sort of few glimpses you got of them, they were kind of terrifying then because there were no lightsabers around. Um, and so there were just these giant metallic hulks storm, stomping their way through a village of unarmed people. And then, then you think, like, yeah, those are actually terrifying. Um, yeah, exactly. And so dark troopers would fit there. So again, if your opponent was not fussed about which faction you're using, you're just playing because you want to tell a story, then get get some B2 uh, cards and some dark trooper models. I would be surprised if um, FFG didn't eventually, eventually release some dark trooper models anyway, because I imagine they probably want some more Imperial infantry mm -hmm. just to bulk that army out. So dark troopers would be the obvious choice there. I, th um, I think there's a, a lot of discussion where people are talking about um, the Imperials probably have a, enough. Like they're doing really well as far as quote unquote meta goes at the moment. Um, yep. Man, I'm throwing around meta like it's a dirty word today. I apologize, guys. I'm <laughs> just out of the I'm out of the loop. Uh, but I, I think you could probably, if you wanted to run Moff Gideon and his. Uh, and just like the very end of the episode and just run him in dark troopers. You could just run that as an all B2 um, CIS list. Yeah, true. Right. And I think the, one of the new commanders for CIS that's coming out, uh, I can't think of the name of it right now, um, allows B2s to work Mole? better. <laughs> um, no, uh, it's a, one of the robot commanders. Um, allows B2 squads to, um, like, you add it to the squad and, uh, you know, you don't need, like, they turn into regular independent squads. They aren't dependent on each other. Okay. You don't have to chain activations. And so yeah. if you wanted to do that, I think that could work really well. And then still you, would a... Need a mob, you would need someone with a sword. So I, I don't Dude. know if I would use, you know, Maul as... Gideon, I don't think that would be a good fit. But maybe if you tooled down Dooku a little bit, that could be. I'd, I'd go Dooku just, again, with no force powers. Yeah. Just a lightsaber and, you know, a, a powerful kind of human holding it. I think that kind of fits. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that could right. be a way to do it, right? Yeah. And you could even... Uh, might be stretching it a bit, bit, bit further, but either just if you want to be ones, put some stormtroopers in there because mm -hmm. you know they they drop as quickly as B ones anyway, or sub some stormtroopers, some actual stormtroopers in if you're not worried about mixing factions. Yeah, exactly. Again, for those you know, if you're not trying not to. Mm -hmm. Now you have recently done an Ahsoka. You did a brilliant Ahsoka conversion. Um, where you cut apart an Ahsoka and you put her in winter gear and you drilled out her lightsabers and made her glow in the dark and do all that awesome stuff. But that was Can using... I just say the Skullforge saber hilts are very, very thin. Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Very thin. Uh, but they are there. So you could you could use that. You could use her, or if you want old Ahsoka, which is what now I want... Jordan has made her in multiple garbs and poses as well. So, yeah, I need to order me a new Ahsoka 
in a big way. So yeah. coming soon. Yeah. Probably, probably the only other thing that I, no, I wouldn't say not the only other thing, but the thing I'm that I'd like to to get my hands on now would be the um the the other four characters in that in episode eight, where that who stormed the bridge um mm-hmm. to sort of like walk their way through the cruiser, just taking out everyone mm-hmm. in their way. And I guess like, like kudos to to Disney or whoever was sort of whoever's decision this was, but having a like an action set piece driven entirely by uh, four female protagonists, mm-hmm. um, three of which were over forty, right? Which you know, like thinking about it, you don't you don't see that like ever. No, um, not these it's days. A shame because yeah, because that was that was a that was a really cool sequence. Absolutely. Um, and looking at, um, I mean, we do have models and rules for quite a few of those already, um, thanks to the Clan Ren box. Um, yeah, true. So there, I mean, you could field Mandalorians. Now, you can't technically field an all Mandalorian armor if you wanted to field a Black Watch or a Night Watch army. Um, or Clan Wren, um, but you could there, I mean, you have Mandalorian resistance squads, like generic Mandalorian squads that you can field from that box. Um, plus, you know, some have jetpacks, some don't. There's just a lot of really cool opportunities. And even if you want different helmet variants, you can order uh, additional uh, alternate helmets to go with the existing FFG models that you can use to convert them up. Um, so I, I know, uh, friend of the show, Mark dog has been running, um, a Mandalorian list where he's run, uh, multiple squads of Mandalorians, um, where he's running Sabine as his leader, obviously. So then you have the whole Mandalorian theme, but then you have minimum troopers, uh, uh, rebel troopers in there just to, to be able to make it a legal force. Um, oh, so it's a street legal force then. It is street legal, yeah. He's playing in a lot yeah. of events. So yeah, that that's cool, man. And uh, I am very tempted to paint up a Mandalorian army army now, but uh, I do have another army to paint in the meantime, Drew. Uh, something that I'm I may have picked up when I was ordering uh, some uh, airborne troopers for you for pur- purge troopers. Uh, and I ordered some models from a new company because uh, typically you and I always, if we're not going to get it from FFG, we go straight to our man Jordan at Skullforge. But uh, a long time ago, I read a novel called Death Troopers. And we may have to spend some time talking about this on a future episode. Uh, but I did happen to see that uh, Darkfire Designs came out with zombie troopers at Halloween this year. Uh, and I may have bought an army's worth. Um, so I'm just a cool army's worth. Just a just a just a subtle army's worth of zombie stormtroopers. Um, and of course that ties directly to the uh, the novel. So I'm very excited about that um, because I've read the novel and I've recently started rereading the novel, and it's a lot scarier than I remember. Um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, uh, super to, excited I'll about get it. Get off you after. Mm-hmm. Um, when you finish, but yeah, because yeah. I think I haven't read the novel. From what, I, from what I understand, like sort of you know canonically, you wouldn't get anything more than 
like stormtroopers on the table. But I think making like a like a quote unquote undead ATST would be rad. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have notes on this, and we're going to talk about it. But I want to talk to you off air and before we start talking about it. So I think that might oh, have maybe to that's be another a future episode. episode because there, I actually have a lot more. Uh, I have actually most of it figured out, um, and it's more than just stormtroopers. So it okay. it's actually not much more than stormtroopers, but there's a lot in there to make it not just stormtroopers. So and sure. it's all street legal too. So very excited. Um, but I do okay. want to quickly point out that I was really blown away with how good the quality of uh, the Darkfire sculpts were. Um, I had only been buying stuff from Mel's Miniatures and uh, from Skullforged until I got uh, those models from Darkfire. And man, whoo, those zombies are nice. Uh, again, Proteus Forge uh, 3D print uh, in the UK did them, and they they look astonishing so i'm i'm really looking forward to painting those up but now of course i'm looking at some of the other dark fire stuff because they did the sheriff um from mandalorian they did of course uh the trio from of mandalorians uh that we see at the end which is what you're talking about plus they do more 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 uh and more alternate boba fets because god damn it i don't have enough (laughs) they're cool (sighs) i i i just in case it sounds like we're um, we're avoiding paying FFG um, and buying their models, that's like this is all on top of their stuff. Yeah, I was so, going to say. <laughs> um, like we 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 if if we intend to use if, if we intend to use something, we we we'll, we'll get the cards, and that is we'll buy the models from FFG. So because mm-hmm. um, let, let's let's not avoid saying the FFG models are great as well. They are. Um, particularly the more recent ones mm-hmm. and the material, like going to the hard plastic now. That's that's fantastic. Um, and so we're not buying we're not buying alternate producers to avoid paying for FFG models or anything like that. Um, we're, we're just getting our hands on stuff that FFG haven't gotten around to making yet, but probably will. Um, and hopefully soon. Yeah, like like well, let's say like Lando because you had a Lando for you've had a Lando for. Quite a while. Like as soon as as soon as as soon as one was available, you had it, um, and now FFG are putting out Lando. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, undoubtedly you'll pick up a Lando, mm-hmm. and probably even paint the miniature at some point. But yeah, you know, one of these days. Um, but I need I need a Lobot. Give me a Lobot. Anyway, let's go for it. We've got to support. I mean, we like to support those producers as well. But we've got to support the. Uh, the game producer as well, because exactly. if we don't, then there won't be a game. Well, we've both recently bought saber tanks. We both have, uh, I, you know, I bought arc troopers, uh, the phase two clone troopers, uh, Mandalorians, and uh, uh, what Padme and and and. So it's not like we're not. I mean, uh, between the two of us, we have, I think most. Well, I have all of the factions in depth. Drew, I think you have all the factions in depth as well. Uh, I, I, I only have the starters for Imperials and Droids. Um, That's right. Both, both of which I would like to make. Although, I'm, I'm not sure if I would, if I, if I, I mean, I, the Imperial stuff I've got is just the starter and one or two other things. But now I'm thinking if I start an Imperial Force, I might go with that, uh, um, that Garrison from mm-hmm. the. Uh, from the Jedi because yeah. just for something a bit different. 
but I'm also really interested in making that um, that Tatooine Alliance army, just because there's a few more things there which which fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I could, I could almost justify squeezing in like um, uh, robed, robed Boba and um, Fennec Shan just like as maybe operatives of some sort, you know, like they're, they're present on the planet and they weren't part of the battle, but they kind of fit the army. And um, oh, Fennec Shan, she's really cool. Right. So, How, and no one's made a model for her yet. Really? I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. I've been scrolling through all the major 3D print manufacturers while we were talking, and I have not seen, like, there's a million Boba Fetts. There's a million Mandalorians. Yep, don't see her. Hmm. Wow. Because Phoenix, she's, she's, she showed up in the Bad Batch uh, trailer. Mm-hmm. She's got a distinctive helmet. And, yeah, I, I, I want to get her on the tabletop. Um. I, I just like the fact that it's Chun Li from Street Fighter in the '90s as well. Like, <laughs> brilliant. Well, she's also from the Shield television show. So yeah, yeah. Speaking she of also, Disney, and a bunch of um, she was Mulan as well. Like, oh, she the, was the voiced Mulan. Yeah, yeah. The, the old, the, the original one, not the recent one. Mm-hmm. Um, like, not 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 that this would be surprising. She's fifty-seven. Like, mm-hmm. you just don't see many people that age doing. Doing action, mm-hmm. well, um, no less. Yeah. Uh, t- uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, so I'm not sure how old how old he is, but um, let's let's check that up. Um, because they probably both are like sort of at that sort of age, mm-hmm. and um, but both both holding it down in that show, like so well. And then yeah, at the he's... end, that you know, way to drop a mic. Oof. <sighs> Did you catch? Um, did you catch Bib at the end there? Like, as they're coming down, he shouts out, McClunky. <laughs> <laughs> I did not catch that. Yeah. Because uh, you got to, you know, you got to, we're world building here. So if someone says something, says something you got to, you got to, um, you got to run with it. Yeah, man. Oh, can't wait. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm seriously eyeing up as we speak. Lots and lots of dark fire Mandalorian models. <sighs> Yep. I must paint zombie stormtroopers first, though. Mm. Or do I? Do I? What are you gonna? What are you gonna run that as? Are you gonna run it as, as Imperials or like droids? Or You'll like find out next episode. All right. Yep. And on that <laughs> let's note, stop. let's slow down. <laughs> exactly. Well, I haven't entirely figured it out, and I actually want to play it once or twice before we cast about it because. Um, I'm not to the point where I am with some game systems where, you know, I can shoot from the hip and speculate and be like, yeah, I think this will work pretty well, like bolt action um, or lots of other games. But for for some reason, Legion, like I'm I enjoy playing it. I play it. um, I get it. But when I I, I'm not to the point where I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know this is good or I know I'm not sure how that works with this. Like when I play Legion, it's a bit stilted and I'm still figuring it out and like to use the old analogy that I use on cast ice, like the numbers don't start dropping in front of my eyes and I, I don't start seeing through the matrix. Like that just doesn't happen with Legion. I'm like, Ooh, Darth Vader. Woo. And I start clapping and yelling pew pew. 
and you know i kind of like that about legion but um I, i'm the same as you yeah I, I, yeah if i if i want to field something it's because i think it's cool and i just like in in old games that i've played you kind of naturally figure out what the more efficient things are just because you play it yeah and the, and you know you the, the way you play it, it that I don't think I've played Legion enough yet for that sort of to click naturally, but I'm not really inclined to do it um, actively. Yeah. Well, Legion comes from, and, and this is something I wanted to talk to you about. Um, and it's something I'm actually probably going to bring up on another podcast when talking about Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, Star Wars and Marvel for me were some of the IP, G.I. Joe aside, that I probably identified most with as a kid. Like, I, 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 I lived and breathed the movies as much as I could. Um, I read the comic books to death. We talked about these things at lunch. I mean, I'm not alone. Millions of kids across the world did the same thing. Um, but to then come back and turn around and play the game feels different from things like Battletech. Battletech, I've been playing since... The 80s um what what 84 was when i started playing when the first core set came out 85 something like that um car that's when wars. i started playing life yeah well there you go i'm a little bit older <laughs> um but i mean warhammer warhammer 40k i mean i'm trying to think of all the games that i've been super i mean even bolt action um i i like you know i liked world war ii movies um and i read some world war ii comics but for me, my like real bee in my bonnet World War II interests came because I played the game. And so the game came first with a lot of these things, the games that I'm or these, you know, these these experiences, the games that I know a lot and I can look at at the tabletop and where I really think things through, the game and the fluff sort of came together for me. That Now the fluff sort of drew me in and really got me involved. But I think for Star Wars Legion, one of the things that keeps bouncing me out of immersing in the game is the fact that I'm so excited about putting Star Wars on the tabletop, if that makes sense. Um, do you have a similar experience with that, Drew? Yes, but that... That sounds very familiar to me. And uh, like when, when something new comes out and people start, uh, and we've said this many, many times, and I'm going to say it again, but this is, this is not me being disparaging of this sort of behavior, but people start talking about how new release is going to work with old releases yeah. or how it compares to old releases. And because I haven't bought, I don't think I bought any new, other than the Saber Tank, I haven't bought anything new this year, really, just because I haven't had sort of that drive to put things on the table. So that, mm -hmm. therefore, I haven't been um, haven't been painting a lot of stuff, um, a lot of stuff that I didn't already have. I haven't really looked at the rules for many of this year's releases yet because I haven't played. Yeah. Um, and so, like, my focus has been on the models and how I'm going to get those on the tabletop, not so much on the rules that, that come with them. Um, but yeah, same as what you were saying is that like primarily I'm at this, I'm, I'm coming at this because I like Star Wars yeah. um, and someone happened to make a game that I'm interested in playing. So I will do that, but yeah. it didn't come the other way around. Yeah. And it's not that I don't like playing Legion. Obviously we do, we talk about it. Um, but you know, I, I have a Mimbin Stormtrooper army because I, I wanted to, 
not because I think Imperials are good, not because I was looking to make a Stormtrooper army, but because I wanted that army from the movie. And Galactic Marines, same thing. I just thought they look amazing. Such a cool concept, such cool fluff. Want to put them on the tabletop. And it wasn't until I had the army that I then went, okay, how do I actually do this? Like uh, like the zombie stormtroopers. I'm like, uh, how does this work? Um, how am I going to? Okay, I have the army. Now, how do I play it? For me, it was like I, I, I ordered the army, was all excited about it, and then sat down and went, oh, God, how do I actually do this? Um, but it was a secondary thought. Playing the game was a secondary thought. It was how do I get the cool thing on the tabletop? That was the primary. And I guess that's where I'm at now with, I'm like, ooh, Mandalorians. They would look cool, that, but I don't know what they the do on the tabletop. The <laughs> Is that like the models and the hobby are just very distracting from the uh, from the nuts and bolts of the game? Yeah, exactly. And not, 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 not to disparage either of those things. No, exactly, right? I, I, mean, it's a good I love game. playing the game as well. Yeah, I love playing this game. I just, I just think more about the visual side of things than the uh, than the mechanic side of things. Definitely. Well, Drew, I think we have been waffling on about um, all the good things that we've been excited about for the last hour and a half. Uh, and I think that people probably have some Christmas pudding to get stuck into or <laughs> some eggnog to dig into or heaven forbid they actually have to go talk to their families at some point rather than listening to us. Uh, I think it may be time for us to shuffle off and uh, stand under the mistletoe ourselves. So uh, any any Christmas wishes you want to kick out, my good man, or do you want to start singing holiday songs like they did on the Life Day special? <laughs> Um, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing life day songs. Um, but I do, I do wish everyone that my standard greeting this year has been a safe holiday. And I think that's probably relevant to anyone anywhere in the world. Um, be safe, be smart. It's tough. And I'm sure it's tougher for a lot of people than it is for us in Melbourne at the moment. But yeah, like have a safe holiday. Hopefully you can enjoy your Christmas, but do so in a, in a safe, responsible way. Because, because I, I, I want you to be there, uh, at the other end. I want everyone to be there next so, Christmas. Or, yeah, yeah. So have a have a happy Christmas. Be safe, um, and hope you all get to see your families and your friends very soon. Amen. Um, we wish you all uh, the very best. And uh, when you are playing the games that we know and love, ladies and gentlemen. I hope your dice roll hot. I hope your beverages are warm this time of year. Eh, eh. But more than anything else, we at Cast Dice hope that you are having fun and that you're safe. Good night.
We're going to let Skirm sing again. Two songs in a row. How about that?
its eyes and its at its nose. Met up with Yoda in the muddy swamp, and my hands been turned into a bloody stump. Leia's fuss is so why did I bother to kill the Emperor with help from Father? Keep the fighter and keep the master. I don't need him now, I'm a Jedi master. No.